Hi, my name is Josh McCarthy, and I want to welcome you to another edition of our Ask the Experts Weekend here on 104.5 WOKV. And this show is dedicated to you, the workforce of today and tomorrow. Pete, the job guy, Langlois, introduces his listeners to the most innovative companies, and he explores the career journeys behind some of the world's most influential individuals. And this is all done with an honest and oh-so-entertaining filter that is unique to Pete, the job guy, Langlois. Take it away, Pete. Hello out there, all you hard workers. You did it. You made a great decision today, and that is listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy. After all, this show is dedicated to you, the workforce of today and tomorrow. You know, I'm joined, as always, with the semi-world famous Angie Langlois, my co-host. Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) (laughs) And each week we give you career advice and help you to be more effective and productive in your jobs. And be careful who you get your advice from, folks. You know, Angie and I have been in staffing and recruiting, and we've literally helped thousands and thousands of people in their careers. And we know we've seen it all. So when we dispense advice, we know what we're talking from. Each week, I have some great elements of the show. One of them is I introduce you to some of Jacksonville's most influential people. They tell you a little bit about their career journeys, and they share information with you that will help you. So when I introduce my guests Get a pen and paper and take some notes if you're old school like me. If you're new school, get your device du jour out and get your thumbs cranking and take some notes that way because you will learn something each and every week. And I'm telling you, folks, I got a great guest and I'm going to introduce him in just a second. Another element of the show is I have Boston Danny. Boston Danny every week gives us a Boston update. He tells us about, oh gosh, uh, Boston lingo, Boston weather. He brags about his grandson, Desmond. He'll brag about his sports teams, but he does something special for you guys. If you have someone in your life that's special, right? Maybe they made your workday a little brighter or it's their birthday, an anniversary. I don't know. And you just want to give them a shout out. Very simple. You just send an email to me, and my email address is Pete at PeteTheJobGuy.com. I'll take your email, I'll give it to Boston Danny, and he'll give your special someone a wicked piss a shout out like only Boston Danny can. <laughs> I tell you guys, I have great guests on the show. Uh, and if you've been around listening to us for almost the last five years, you might have heard this guest on before, and he shares some real hot topics uh, that, that uh, specifically have to do with technology, the job market. He's a wealth of information. My guest this week is Matthew Parks, and he is the Vice President of Information Technology and Security at Pace Center for Girls. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hey, as always, thanks for uh, having me on. I really should say welcome back to the show. Yeah, he's a veteran. You've been on, uh, I I think this is your fourth. Third or fourth. It's at least third. It might be fourth. But let's talk about technology a little bit. Uh, it's no secret some of these big players and companies are out there laying people off. The the layoffs are kind of dominating the news right now, especially these tech comp companies that we're seeing. But, you know, what are you seeing in the tech market, maybe locally, nationally? What are you seeing? Well, thanks for that question. I think the biggest piece there is that the um, as far as the tech market, the open sign is on. We're hiring. <laughs> um, it's dominating the news because of the catastrophe 
monopolization of news where if it bleeds, it leads kind oh, of thing. Yuck. But um, honestly, when you look at it analytically, you see that those companies, they overhired during COVID, right? So COVID came along, shutdowns, everybody was dependent mm -hmm. on technology. And because they were dependent on technology, technology companies had to scale. Mm -hmm. And so um, even if you look at the delta between uh, the, the number of layoffs they've laid, that people have actually laid off and condolences for all those people that are laid off. You know, these are human beings, right? Right. But um, when the, if you look at the numbers that were laid off versus the numbers that are hired, they're still up. That You know, that's a really, really good point because they did overhire. Mm -hmm. You have these tech companies. They bring in, you know, thousands of employees, thousands, right? Yep. Which they needed. And the demand isn't quite so high right now. You have your peak. There's a seasonality to, to, to every business. But even though with the layoffs, they're still ahead of where they were when they got. That's, that's a great point. Well, there's that point, too. But the other piece that you have to look at is that when you look at the cuts, it's um, kind of miraculous. And you both, you and Angie, would both be able to add some insight here is that the cuts were all along the same percentage of about 5 to 7%, which kind of corresponds with the stock. So yeah. there is that piece that you have that. So um, started with Zuckerberg. He did his thing. He laid off five, seven percent of his employees. Mm -hmm. And then you saw it go across the industry where that was kind of the hot number. Um, but if you look at a company who didn't do a lot of hiring during COVID, like Apple, mm -hmm. they didn't lay anybody off either. Because, right. So you look at the folks that overhired in the industry and then you look at what they where they Again, they all are up. But it also, you know, this is a shareholder fiduciary responsibility. So payroll being the highest um, uh, indicator on the actual books. So they cut payroll. Well, you know, it's it's just uh, symptomatic of, of the market, I, I guess it, it is. And, you know, running a staffing agency like, like Angie and I do, we have a division that all they do is place technology both locally and nationally. And like the demand is crazy right now. Like oh. you know, we're saying, <laughs> yeah, you can't find anybody. We, we yeah. always laugh and say, you know, we we always recruit to a matrix, right? We don't try to be all things to our clients. And I'm just giving you some stuff on our company. So, we, you know, we have okay. Here's infrastructure. Here's our data people. Here's our security folks. Here's our business analysts. Our PMs. Uh, here's our app dev folks. Software engineers and all. You know, and, and throughout. And it's, we always want to have a ready inventory, but there's no such thing. It's almost like if you get it, it goes off the shelf because the demand is there. Yeah, it doesn't spoil. It no, doesn't yeah. Spoil. yeah. But the, 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 the point that you're making is great because a lot of the um, jobs that were laid off, even though these were tech companies, a lot of those jobs actually weren't tech jobs. So huh. you look at it from that perspective as well is that, you know, they were tech adjacent or they were support roles, you know, mm -hmm. administrative roles. But the tech folks, you know, they, there were some reductions in certain areas. Certain departments got trimmed because those things that they thought may have been hot weren't. Um, but in the most part, uh, for the most part, a lot of those roles are, um, are the tech roles are still there. And the reason I think that this is an important question is that, you know, you're starting to hear because of that um, that drumbeat from what you see in the media as far as uh, even though we have record unemployment and have had for, you know, four years now, what you're looking at, or a few years now, what you're still looking at is that people are, uh, young people are starting to get discouraged. It's like, oh man, I don't want to go into tech if they're laying all these folks off. And, you know, we want to persuade that and say, hey, no, it's not, that's not the case. What you're seeing is behemoths right. that have overhired to meet a demand that was specific to a, a snapshot in time that was very unique, you know, yep. a right. hundred year event, which that lines up, right? Right, it does. <laughs> a hundred year event that happened. And because of that, um, they ramped up and now they're reassessing 
and they see that they overhired and they're letting some folks go again, hope those folks get jobs and some of those folks may become creators and such on their own. But um, because of that, I just want to, you know, again, uh, dissuade a lot of that fear of getting into the tech industry because I've heard it where people have said it and it's like, yeah, no, it's the opposite. We, we, if we, and we talked about this on the last show, mm -hmm. if we graduated everybody, Mm -hmm. In college right now, we wouldn't fill all the roles we have. Yep. What, what a great point. It, it, hey, hey, chicken littles out there. The yeah. sky is falling. <laughs> I was going to say. is hot. Data is hot. Security is hot. Well, what other trends are, are you seeing in, in technology? Because I like it. I know you're going to talk about the, you know, get more into what young people, Angie, is, that's kind of your focus is what they Why, should Why, because I'm younger than you? No, you always <laughs> ask that. You, you always ask because we have a daughter uh, in college. And uh, whatever, she's changed her major. She might change it again. Yes. I was actually excited about this question because we always want to tell our daughter, like, what to do. And specifically for when she grows up. Advisor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Advisor is a better way to say And what we think is best, you know. <laughs> um, but this is going to make us look really smart to the office tomorrow. So what are the trends you're seeing right now and maybe coming up throughout the year? So hiring trends, again, uh, we'll start off at the top. So cyber is hot. Mm. Um, and, and that, again, we're about to celebrate, celebrate the anniversary of one of the largest cyber events that ever happened, which is the first time we actually had a cyber war event happen, Ukraine and Russia, yep. which where you had an actual overt cyber attack that happened. It's been covert for a while. We kind of sneak in. You got the whole Stuxnet with us playing around. But that was the first time that happened. And when you saw that, you saw that resources were marshaled by uh, by uh, nation states mm -hmm. to actually protect themselves, defend themselves, but also on the offensive, right? So those type of things. So because of that, as you know, whatever trickles down from the government trickles down into corporate. Mm -hmm. And so we started to see a lot more activity that comes up. Um, cyber itself, whether it be ransomware or those type of things, is, is up year over year uh, because it is a uh, productive um, means of making money, unfortunately. Yeah, they, it's, they're it's getting a, away with it. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually cybercrime over the last 10 years has made more money than illicit drugs. Wow, that's mind-boggling. Yeah, that's mind-boggling. And for if people. you're and if you're one of these kids out here listening mm -hmm. right now, what what kind of recommendation would you make? Like, if they're going to get into technology, based on everything you just said. So the first thing I would say, so I mentioned cyber. I'd say yep. coding is also another one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and those two are interrelated because mm -hmm. there is some coding inside of cyber. And when I say coding, uh, there's two phenomena in coding. Of course, there's the traditional uh, programming and such, but there's also the um, non-traditional, which is what's called low code, which we use a lot for that intermediate stuff. So you got the applications that you're building for your business and such. Those things are more or less where the development folks, the coding the, would do. But there's low code areas where there are uh, kind of like we used to build websites back in the day, mm -hmm. you know, where you could just put pieces in and they kind of fit and then you kind of smooth it out. There are low code solutions like uh, Microsoft has a power platform. Mm -hmm. There are other platforms out there that allow that. And that becomes, that's kind of that middleware that allows, you know, uh, companies to meet quick needs. You know, you may mm -hmm. not need a full application, but you may need a form mm -hmm. that people can fill out that allows them to do things with an approval process. Well, that's where that comes from. Um, so that's another area where I would point people. Again, there's always going to be a need for networking people. 
Um, so that's another place where I would place some emphasis. So whether that be Cisco or Aruba or, you know, uh, Ruckus, any of those big names like that, um, learning those skill sets. Are they still configuring the routers and hubs and switches? Well, that's a thing that I, that's one of the things we're talking about from a trend perspective is that a lot of it is still yes, there are still there's still iron out there, right? Mm, yeah, okay. As far as servers and that the prim, kind of thing. yeah, and, yeah. And, but most of it is going off prem, and now we're starting to see where the um, uh, where the networking equipment is actually starting to go the way that um, uh, servers did years ago. So servers, there was a basically a big, big fancy computer, mm-hmm. right? And then we started to see where we started to virtualize that, right? Where we put four or five instances on a very beefy box, yep. and then we moved that into the cloud because yeah. we didn't need the box anymore, right? That's the trend that you're starting to see with networking now is that networking no longer, they don't send you an appliance anymore. They send you a piece of software that you run on your server and apply it virtually. Yeah. Yeah, it's and eventually you won't need that iron anymore. You'll just put that up into the cloud. And there are some instances out there, like Fortinet has some instances that they can run from the cloud completely. So that means you basically pay a subscription monthly, yearly, however that works. They handle the support, they handle the maintenance and those type of things. So right. that's where those are some of the trends as far as uh, the hardware right. piece. I, you know, I, I uh, we urge our daughter, urge, you know, suggest, <laughs> strongly urge, advise. Nudge, like a border collie. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. we, we, we tell a data's king. Some, get into data. Which I don't we think she even her. understands, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but, but, but we really want her to. I love data, love data science. I, and I, I just love data-driven uh, my business is data-driven. The more data I have, the more I can adjust my knobs and be less of this, more of that, and successful. Yeah. What, do you th- yeah. what do you have to say about that? That is another trend, is that, and that's a continual trend, is mm-hmm. that we need more people who are... Uh, uh, two things that I'll tell you, that, and specifically for that, for, you talk about business intelligence, what we talk about a lot, mm-hmm. you know, where that what that simply means is that you're taking the data that is available, that the business is already collecting, that may not be doing anything with, and you're learning how to tell a story with that data. That is what being an analyst for uh, business intelligence is. Because, again, we can all print the numbers and show charts and stuff. Right. But the the really, really, the next level is the data storytelling, right? Yeah. The other piece of that in really is valuable to organizations, and especially I would see in your organization, yeah. um, for an example, is the GIS, that global information data, where you're able to, for example, working for a nonprofit. So for me, we can take a map and look at that map and say, okay, um, this is an area where we may want to address um, wanting to build a new location. So we can strip that location down and say, okay, what's the philanthropic health in that in that area? What are the bus travel so that we can get our girls back and forth to those places, our employees? Are we going to place it, is it in an area where there is um, uh, food and in an area where there may be housing? So as you look through that, you can strip down readily available information that's already available, but take that information and twisting in a different way so that you can get that type of information to help you know, is this the best location to build? Or if it isn't the best location to build, what are we missing that we need to supplement? Oh, you know what? That reminds me. Just a few weeks ago, we had a uh, uh two University of North Florida professors on, and they talked about data science for social good. And mm-hmm. it was it's a wonderful program that they have out there. And they just said, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the, the things that you're saying, how they can get this data, it's readily available out there. But now they can make decisions to help the, the uh, first social good to, mm-hmm. to make things better. Uh, that music right there tells us we have to take a very quick break and listen to this message from our show sponsor. You're listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy. 
Sky on 104.5 WOKV. Hey, Jacksonville, it's me, Angie Langlois, one of the managing partners here at Ascenda Resources in Jacksonville, Florida. Ascenda Resources is an award-winning, certified minority-owned staffing firm that specializes in placing highly skilled professionals on a temporary, temp-to-perm, or direct hire basis. Call the true professionals at Ascendo today because despite the current challenges, our talented recruiters can find exactly what you need. Call me, Angie Langlois, at 904 904- 479-9610. Oh, welcome back, you hard workers. And that was our show sponsor, Ascendo Resources. If you need staffing assistance of any kind, you call the great folks at Ascendo Resources and they'll be happy to take care of you. Okay, guys, our guest today is Matthew B. Parks Sr. He is the Vice President of Technology and Security at Pace Center for Girls, and he is educating us like he has uh, the the last, I think, two or three times he's been on the show. I learn something every time, and I'm sure you are. All right. Matthew, here's a tough one. We got a lot of AI stuff, a lot of newfangled. We got Dally, we got OpenAI's <laughs> Chat GPT, Google's Bard AI, Tesla has FSD. What are your thoughts regarding the practical future of AI, artificial intelligence, and automation? So going back to what we talked about earlier, the future's hot. It is very um, uh, that's an area where I would really recommend that uh, any young programmers and coders take a look at from mm-hmm. an automation perspective. Um, automation has been with us since the beginning, right? Um, you know, we don't build buggy whips anymore because we have vehicles. And we moved on from that to now we have vehicles that are almost self-driving. That's what that whole FSB type of thing Um the issue that is coming up is that it's really sexy because people start to think about Skynet, they think about Terminator, they right. think about those type of things. So there's that other side of AI that people have contemplated. But um, from the perspective that it really is about um, looking at the way that the factory floor used to be, where it was a harmful place that people, you know, whether it be Upton Sinclair looking at the jungle where you had <laughs> workers that were falling into the meat pits and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and we had to fix that. Well, over time, we, you know, it, it, evolution keeps happening in the workplace. And that's what AI is, a way for us data workers now to automate some of those processes that are mundane, that um, whether it be the uh, GPT, which is basically just predictive text. You ask it a question, it scours the internet, finds uh, a collection of those answers, and then reads it back to you in a way that uh, appears to be uh, just conversational, right? Mm-hmm. So that's appealing. Interesting. It's really easy. Um, there's been a big, um, you know, like a lot of schools have rebelled against it, like, oh, we can't use it because people can write papers with it and such. Oh, yeah. And it's great for a first draft because it's really about being able to go and grab that information. Uh, Google has their own version that they released called BARD, which is based on their Lambda technology. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that it's one of those things where the media gives and the media takes away, right? To where now they've built it up for a couple of weeks because there is a miraculous thing that you have this... Um, uh, almost appearing to be sentient object that can talk to you and you can have full conversations with it. But on the other side, uh, it's not it's not full bake. It's not a really uh, a crisp cookie at this point. Yep. It's still, you know, you need to put it in the oven for a little bit longer. It needs to, there's more development there. People have been shocked because it's been giving wrong answers and 
well, it's because it's pulling information from the internet, and there's a lot yeah. of wrong answers out there. Right. Are you serious? <laughs> and, and look, you know, we're, you know, we're still early on. Even though it's uh, newer technology, it's real sexy. It's the bright, new, shiny, pretty. But it's going to come with a, a couple of missteps, and uh, uh, people don't, you know, bag it <laughs> right out of the gate and say, "Oh, this is this is this is terrible." And so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to ask you two questions, okay. and I love this question because we pride ourselves at Ascendo and. We, f- we think that our office is pretty healthy okay. and we have fun. And so I always like perspective from other people in their offices. So what does that look like for you guys, like a healthy work environment, one? And number two, what do you think about the remote work thing? Uh, so I'll take the, first, the second question first. So okay. I think that we're at a point now where remote work is, it's here to stay, but I think more of a hybrid environment. I think that um, the people... First, it was organizations. Now, people themselves have come to the realization that the isolation is starting to be a bit harmful. But they still enjoy being able to have the flexibility. They still mm-hmm. enjoy being able to do things from home. So I think that hybrid is what's appealing. It's going to be hard in tech to not offer that. And I can tell you that from you know as a hiring manager, that it's hard not to be able to offer that. Um, so I think that that's where we are. Is that we're going to be in that place where it's going to be that two, three, or three, two type of environment. Yeah, agree. Agree. Yeah. So that's the work from home. Um, the first piece, um, I think, a healthy environment is um, being genuine with your employees and being authentic. Mm. I think that that is for me. That's my approach. Is that number one? Number two is understanding that accountability is transitive and it's also, um, um, it's a two-way. They're accountable to me because, yeah, I'm the boss, but I'm also accountable to them. If I made a promise or if I made some type of uh, gesture to them that I was going to do something, they have a right to come back to me with that same level of accountability. Whether I'm able to act on it or not, it's still about being, going back to step one of being genuine, being honest, being authentic and saying, well, I couldn't accomplish this or I could, or sometimes I've got a lot on my plate. So them pushing that accountability to back me helps me to stay on task as well. So I think that's an important piece from that perspective. Also making sure that people, uh, reminding people, and that's something that I try to do with my staff is, you know, providing them with the resources they need to stay healthy mentally, physically, Mm -hmm. letting them take time off for God's sakes, you know, because again, uh, whether it be Franklin Covey, sharpening this wheel, that type of thing, making sure that they're able to take care of themselves and their people, meaning their, whether it be their, their, their car or their family, right? because if you don't have those things settled, you're not going to get the most a productive employee. You won't be able to attract or retain. Or retain if you're not doing the Well, that mirrors exactly what we think. Right. We're we're all on the same page. (laughs) We we got a couple minutes uh, left here. I want to talk about cyber hacks. I mean, they're Mm. out there. The bad guys are out there trying to get us, get our information and break into our stuff all the time. What can we do as like lay people? I'm I'm not a techie guy person uh, per se, but what, what can we do to protect ourselves? Save all your passwords. Okay, so the biggest thing is that is a great point because one of the things, and the reason that that's important, Angie, is that uh, there have been, there are, I'll put it this way, just the um, Equifax uh, hack alone, you're talking about over 150 million people's information got out there, Mm -hmm. right? Now, 
if you take that, it wasn't really serious information, but it was enough for them to be able to create accounts or whatever the case may be there. So I say that to say that, you know, the U.S. population is only 380 million. So you've got almost a third of the U.S. population's information credentials are out there. You had other hacks, whether it be Target, um, MGM, uh, Marriott. As you go down the line, your credentials are probably somewhere out there. Mm. So I just want to make sure that hmm. you understand that. I don't mean to be gloom and doom, but just to say that. So one safe way is invest in a password vault, whether it be something like uh, like some people like Bitwarden. I prefer like Microsoft Authenticator. Um, there are others out there. I'm not really big on LastPass. I don't know if you've, you know, some issues that have been there. But that's one thing that I would say, number one. Number two, uh, whether you're a small, medium, or large business, particularly small businesses where they're targets, I would actually look to invest in some type of uh, cyber uh, awareness training. You can find the free stuff on YouTube or something like that, but because the biggest target in the business perspective and in personal is the human, uh, not, the, not the device. The device is what it is. The human has to act on it. Right. Wow. wow. Listen, Matthew, I got a couple more questions to ask you. Can you stay with us just a few more minutes Absolutely. on the back half? We got to get take the, the music's playing right now. So that tells us we have to take a break and listen to a few commercials right now. If the station gets paid by doing that, <laughs> so we'll make sure they do. Uh, guys, you're listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy on 104.5 WOKV. Welcome back to Hard Worker to Pete the Job Guy with 1045 Welcome back, all you hard workers. And that little voice that you heard right there, that's four-year-old Jaden. That is the son of our producer, Jay. And he, welcome back, hard working. <laughs> <laughs> that's a future radio star, radio personality right there. We're pleased as punch. He's a part of the show each and every week, welcoming us back from the bottom of the hour break. All right. Our guest today is Matthew B. Park Sr. He is the vice president of Information Technology and Security at Pace Center for Girls. And we're right knee-deep in, in talking about security, uh, cybersecurity, how important it is. But, you know, where do you, what do you see? Or where do you see as the most significant threat to a business today? Well, I'll tell you whether, no matter what metric you look at, whether it be from CISA, whether it be from the FBI, whether it be from Secret Service, they all point to one person, that's the human. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that from a business perspective is that we have to invest in our human infrastructure, mm -hmm. our human firewall, to make sure that they are hardened to recognize threats, to report those threats, to uh, not engage with those threats. And part of that is kind of what we talked about in the last segment was uh, in, involving some type of cyber uh, awareness program. Uh, there are some uh, free materials out there from uh, CISA, that's uh, CIS, CISA.gov. Uh, they are a government entity that uh, helps to monitor cyber threats. Mm -hmm. So you can find free material there if you're a small business and can't afford to buy something. Um, don't want to endorse any particular product here, but there are other products out there that we use to help with that that's more automated, going back to that piece, that allows us to uh, help train and, uh, and familiarize our staff with the threats so that they're able to not react uh, right. to those things. You know, back in the day, we used to get these emails that said, you know, it was Prince I was somebody say that. from, from, from <laughs> some uh, Nigerian nation. scam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they want to wire, you know, a $20 million. I haven't seen that one in a while. I haven't seen that one, but we do now. 
gift cards. This is this is the funniest thing. Is in our company when we have new employees, within a week they get. I think it's they like get two a, days from a spoofed email address. <laughs> within a few days, uh, either from me, you know, or some of the other executive leadership in the company saying, "Oh, hey Matthew, welcome to the team. Everything. Listen, I'm running around. I was wondering if you could do me a favor. Right. Could you go and, and purchase some gift cards yeah. uh, for for us and all this? And, and it's it never fails as much as we tell people." Mm-hmm. There's look always at the email one. address. Look right. at look at the, it's yeah. it's it's going to be funny. You know, nobody wants you to buy gift cards. People come walking up. Hey, Pete, I'm going to run and take care of that now. Wait, wait, wh- where are you going? Oh, I was just going to get those. I don't want gift cards. I don't need the gift cards. Yeah. You know why they do it? Because it still works. Well, they do yeah. it because it works. But the other thing is it preys on that urgency, right? That you have a person of authority that's asking you to do something and it's urgent. So they play on the emotion, particularly with a new, new employee. They're eager to please. They want to make sure that they don't uh, fail that authority person. But it goes back to the reinforcement. It's got to be constant reinforcement with, with your staff to, under, to understand that threat, that this is a threat. And you have to set some um, uh, policies in place to kind of protect against that. If someone is asking you, even if it's me, to go and do something, I need you to check with me in person or hear my voice on the phone Mm -hmm. before you act on it. Right. Drilling those type of things in because it it really is a a big threat. And it's not just email. They call, they text now. So it's coming through everything because, again, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, ransomware is more profitable than illicit drugs at this point. It's just as it is. Yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's incredible. So all of the stuff you think about with, you know, uh, you know the drugs, the drugs cartels and all, stuff and, all that, yeah. and all of that stuff, it pales in comparison to how much money somebody can make sitting behind a keyboard. Number one, because the threat vector, I can attack more people from one place. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, you both being in sales, you know, the old 10 to 1 theory, right? Mm-hmm. If I go out to 10, I'm going to have five that are interested uh, and then two that are going to be. In, oh, yeah. Right, one's so, a buyer. Oh, yeah. One's a buyer. <laughs> yeah. So if I use that same method with the computer and cast I send out those emails. Cast a broader net. That's sure. exactly what it is. Yeah. I keep casting a broader net. Right. Wow. Go ahead, Ange. I know you had the uh, question. All right. So being in the education space. Mm-hmm. Um, where are the biggest opportunities for growth for you? I think for us, the the biggest uh, opportunity for growth in the education space in general is um, I really think that, and this is me taking a bigger lens, uh, from an, um, whether it be at the local or state or even at the federal level, we really need to look at pipelining our youth toward the jobs that are going to be here in the future. We've been teaching from um, a perspective of an agrarian type of uh, future for folks. I think that, you know, and what I mean by that is I think that we need to, number one, we need to bring back vocation and put an emphasis on vocation. A lot of the immigration problems that we've had is because mm-hmm. we had, didn't have, we stopped training people how to be brick masons, right. how to be plumbers, how to be yeah. electricians. And those are six figure jobs. Yeah. Number one, number two, they're also- Did you listen to our show? I was going to say, that was yeah. our theme. <laughs> <laughs> but, all, but the thing is, those jobs are also, right. uh, because IT started out as a vocation. Right. Yeah, you know? that's so right. So that's why I'm passionate about that. But it also is a case where those are also gateways into entrepreneurship. Right. That they can stand up their mm-hmm. own businesses and then now they become uh, job creators and they also become contributors from the tax base. So it, it's a way where I think that's one of the shortcuts. I, I had a discussion where I won't name whom, 
but a mayoral candidate who asked that question. And I told them the same thing that if I were in that position, I would look to see there, there are local companies. I know for a mm-hmm. fact that will invest in that. When we talk about the path to it, I think that along that vocational path, we need to pursue that path again. Um, and you see that with some of the coding camps that are around where, you know, six to uh, 18 months and some of the universities have picked up on that too, as opposed to the traditional four year, that they can provide you with some skill that you can go out and work now helps us because now we can fill those jobs faster. But it also is a case where it costs less. So it's a lower yep. point of entry, which that is one of the biggest pieces for people who want, there are people who want to come to IT, but it's too expensive. There's a cover charge that we have to get into right. IT mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, no doubt. And it's high. Yeah. So, you know, if we can just get them in for a lower cost, that is less of a burden for them. They don't have as much debt, which is another thing that's really crushing a lot of folks right now that are going to school is debt. Uh, going in through those type of programs, more that vocational path, I think we can solve some of these problems by, again, bringing them in. And then as you get in, you make more money. You can always get the education and the professional development later on. Some organizations will help pay for that. So yep. it helps to offset that. Outstanding. Matthew, I'm going to need to have you back on the show. I always for a learn fifth time. something. Yeah. Anytime you guys <laughs> If I could, just you know, uh, tell us a little bit about Pace Center for Girls. Um, and I know you're hiring, too. If there's anything that you're looking to, anything you want to get out, information that listeners can reach out to you, maybe your contact information as well. Well, I appreciate that. So first of all, uh, again, I work for uh, Pace Center for Girls, wonderful organization, uh, nationally recognized as a model for female anti-recidivism. We work in uh, 21 locations here in the state of Florida. We have a location up in Macon, Georgia, and we've expanded into South Carolina now. Um, we They are hiring in general for uh, teachers. We need qualified teachers to come in across the state. Uh, so you can go to paycenter.org and look at the job board. I'm particularly hiring. I have a uh, service desk position that is open and also have a uh, field service person that is open. Uh, so there's some travel involved with that, but uh, we, we can talk about the details. On that later. <laughs> uh, point is, is that uh, we're an organization that really needs to bring in some great energetic people that really care about a cause. If you want to work for something that means something to people that can help contribute to that next generation of folks. We can, we can provide that uh, peace of mind for you that you are able to lay your head down and hey, I'm working for a good cause and we're a great organization. Outstanding. Matthew Parks with Pate Center for Girls. Thank you so yes, much for being thank on you. the show. That was awesome. Anytime you guys need me, Angie and Pete, I'm here. That's All right. All right. Thank you. Oh, there he goes. He's walking out the studio. Bye, Matthew. What a great guest. He's, he's so smart. He's he, Man. He educates me. Like He's been on, educates us now, but he's been on the show. I, I do think this was his fourth Now time. I know why you're so smart. Well, I learned from him. <laughs> I, I learned from all the guests. I really do. Oh, there's the music. That music tells us that we have to take a quick break and listen to this message from our show sponsor. You're listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy on 104.5 WOKV. Hey, Jacksonville, it's me, Angie Langlois, one of the managing partners here at Ascenda Resources in Jacksonville, Florida. Ascenda Resources is an award-winning, certified minority-owned staffing firm that specializes in placing highly skilled professionals on a temporary, temp-to-perm, or direct hire basis. Call the true professionals at Ascendo today, because despite the current challenges, our talented recruiters can find exactly what you need. Call me, Angie Langlois, at 904 904- Four seven nine nine six one zero. All right, guys. Welcome back. That was our show sponsor, Ascendo Resources. If you need 
any recruiting assistance, you reach out to the good folks at Ascendo Resources, and we'll take good care of you because, after all, that's who we are, Pete and Angie. Angie and Pete, we're Ascendo Resources. So, anywho, look, we got another great guest for you today. Uh, it's it's Senior Executive Recruiter at Ascendo Resources, Michaela Hulian. Welcome Houlihan. to the show, Michaela. She's a local celeb. So, Michaela, uh, how long have you been with Ascendo? Yeah, so coming up on two years, two years next month. Did you do any recruiting before this? No recruiting. And you're really good at it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Let me ask you, what do you like about recruiting? Yeah, so um, definitely the people aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So working with people, um, we're lucky enough that we get to run full desks. So um, obviously do some business development, account management, and then also get to work with, you know, local people here in Jacksonville and landing them really awesome opportunities. So um, that's probably definitely what I love about recruiting the most is is that, yeah. Do you think your friends can do this job? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't have to answer them. that. Some of them, yeah. <laughs> I just remember you telling me, they're like, there's no way some of my friends could do this. This is way too hard. But anyways. Here's a question for you. So we want to make sure that the environment at Ascendo Resources is fun. Like, yeah. like, because uh, because there's a certain amount of monotony to anybody's business day. You know, you come in, you do this, you got to do X, Y, Z. Tell us a little bit about the work no, what's environment. Your, what was your favorite event so far that we've had since you've worked here? Oh goodness, probably there's so many. Um, <laughs> probably one of the first events that we ever went on, which was the um, Casa Maria, the thunderstorm the, boat the, ride, the thunderstorm <laughs> boat ride. Oh my gosh! I, um, I think you guys, you guys won that as a charity, a charity event. Yeah, uh, I would say one. I paid for it. But <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. we all win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that was definitely. I oh, mean, that was talk about it. Talk about it for the a second. The karaoke, the I mean, the whole nine yards. So we that had this award ceremony. Oh right. my goodness! That was back when we were smaller. We, were small, yeah. we only had we like eight of us. Big yacht. We wanted as a prize uh, at a silent auction mm-hmm. this big yacht. We all go to this this yacht. We get on board. We yep. do karaoke. We, bring we our have own the karaoke. silliest trophies. And oh yeah! Oh, my yep. gosh, did we laugh that uh, night? We only had this. one person throw up and only clog one, up the toilet. One person threw up. That <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think I actually left my purse on the boat that you night, did. and I had to go back and get it the next day. <laughs> the walk of shame. So the funny part is we take off, and everything's fine, and it turned into one of those Gilligan's Island moments where the, the sky opened up, there was 60-mile-an-hour winds blowing, and the yacht had to literally park under, under a bridge. No, the Main Street Bridge. Oh, yeah. For under a the, while, too. Like, we went over our time. Yeah. And I remember at one point, we were just all singing karaoke, having so much fun that we didn't even realize we weren't moving anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's how you know I we're having saying, so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like monsoon And then Kathy's wins. probably freaking out. Right. Oh, my gosh. But, but you know, I, I, I think every day is kind of fun at our office, yeah. right? We do some silly stuff all the time. What do you, What's going on tomorrow? What, what I, I understand is kind of a pseudo event. What are we doing in the office tomorrow? Yeah, so tomorrow we're having a huge activity uh, award um, thing. So super excited about that. And then we plan some on Tuesday. Um, we're also doing trivia. Yes. Um, so, so excited oh, family about feud. that. Family we changed feud. it. Family yeah. feud. Which is even better. Yeah. Better. And um, when we do family feud, we yeah. do it real. Oh so yeah. We- <laughs> oh yeah. You're the, you're the commentator, the announcer and it's everything. It's either me or Tom. It's yeah. one of the two. And yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty funny. What we get competitive it- too. I mean, you know, we're oh, all yeah. competitive as is. So. Oh, I would, I didn't know people knew how to play family feud and it, it is like a war. Like all of a sudden everybody wants to win. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, Tom and Elizabeth and who else? Peyton. They always end up on the same team. Oh, how? I don't yeah, even know. I know you know Shelby's I, a history major, though, so I want to be on her team. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny? So I remember when um, I interviewed you. I had the interview. We were up in Maine. Angie and I were up in Maine. We're actually on vacation. And I said, oh, I'm going to interview Shocker. Her. Right. So I, I, I go through the whole interview and your last name is Houlihan and it's spelt a certain way, Houlihan. It's not like the double O Houlihan. <laughs> it's spelled exactly like one of my really good friends spells his last name. And I didn't ask. I didn't say anything. The interview went stellar. It was perfect. And she, You really and, didn't know? And Michaela says at the end, uh, she goes, oh, and by the way, I think you know uh, my my Uncle Scott really well. I said, I kind of had an idea. I didn't say anything. But I didn't want to say anything either right. until after. But then I was like, I knew and I figured you kind of knew too. So I was like, might as well just. Right, yeah. right, right. But he uh, has Houlihan territory. Uh, guys, anybody ever needs their, yes. their sprinklers done, irrigation systems, wells. wells. They even do my Christmas lights. Uh, they do. They're uh, now on Instagram. Landscape lighting. <laughs> I'm like just going to Houlihan territory, right? It's it's the best place. Before I even knew Scott, I was using Houlihan territory. Then I met Scott, and I was laughing, going, "Oh, I love your place! I, you know, I, you guys do the best because we couldn't get our our lawn fixed." Next thing you know, bam, it was fixed. We couldn't get our sprinklers fixed, but they fixed. So it. we're highlighting you today. Um, tell us one thing that most people do not know about you. Oh goodness! Oh, uh, wow. I didn't even know this for a while. What is it? What is it? Oh, oh, they whisper. Oh, Onyx. Um, my dog has his own social media page. Your dog is named. She's Onyx? obsessed with her dog. Okay. Oh, wait, dog. Your dog has the light eyes. Kind of looks like a. Yeah. Okay. Like she, the, her dog is her child, right? Every, yeah. Everyone okay. told me that Onyx, his eyes were going to change, kind of like baby's eyes changed. Um, his eyes never changed. He is kind of like Insta famous, maybe you want to say. Oh, my. Oh, How many boy. followers? No. Uh, a few thousand? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Excuse um, me. More but, than me. <laughs> yeah, no. He he is like five, and when I take him on runs in the beach and stuff, people stop me, ask him what kind of dog he is. Can yeah. I get your autograph? He's like, literally <laughs> looks like a puppy still, um, and he's he's definitely not a puppy. So, right. Do you have any jobs, don't say the companies, do you have any jobs that you're recruiting for right now or any skill sets that if somebody has, you want them to reach out to you? Well, I'd shoot myself in the foot if I didn't mention your project manager role. So... <laughs> <laughs> commercial property manager. Yeah, commercial experience, <laughs> property management. Um, yeah. So definitely hot there. Um, always looking for executive assistance, um, you know, logistics space roles, um, HR, you know, you know, the kind of the whole nine year. Nine yards there. I know yeah, so. we I know we have a controller role open that mm-hmm. pays up to 170k oh, yeah, for mortgage industry side. controller with the CPA. Yep. Uh, we have some SaaS analyst roles uh, from the technology side. You do a lot of temporary staffing, mm-hmm. and we have perm in the office too. So, you know, even if someone's just looking for. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that, that don't want to go get hired. They like to be serial temps. You know, oh, I'll come in, I'll do this. Yeah, work and, when they want. Right, yeah, which right. Is cool. So we, we have jobs like that, too. What would you say, like, if someone was going to get into staffing, like, let's say one of your friends or somebody you know said, you know, I'm thinking about getting into recruiting. What would you, what advice would you give them uh, before they did that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, first of all, this is essentially sales. So you have to be yes. in charge of your own 
you know, your own business. If you're wanting to nine to five check in, check out, it's probably isn't going to be for you. <laughs> um, so I've always had that competitive nature to me. I've always wanted to kind of be the best and, um, you know, not even for myself, but for the Jacksonville community, giving back a local here to the Jacksonville area of something I've always really loved. So um, definitely just kind of taking matters into your own hands and, and really being in charge of your own destiny and coming into work every day, like you say, leave the luggage at the, at the front door and um, just kind of hustle. And it, it's a grind and it's fun doing it. You know, you got to kind of roll with the punches. Um, staffing's tough, you know, and that's why, um, that's you, know, why you get the big in, bucks, right? Yeah, coming in and <laughs> you guys make it so awesome and so fun at Ascendo. So that's obviously, you know, I know you guys talked about culture and, and healthy culture and, um, that definitely makes or breaks a team. Um, it's making ours. Um, but yeah, so I would, I would definitely say, you know, you're kind of in charge of your own ish per se. <laughs> right. If, if I'm a, a, a client and I might need, uh, some, some professional help, right. Yeah. I, no, 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 I need or help. a candidate I, I looking know, for I need a job. Help, but yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's say I'm Not looking for help. qualified talent, uh, or from a candidate that's looking for the next step in the career. How do they get a hold of you? I'm just going to draw my email here. Yeah, yeah do it. <laughs> um, it's M Houlihan at Ascendo.com. And how do you spell, spell Hulahan? Hulahan. Come on now. H-U-L-I-H-A-N. <laughs> there you go. All right. Wait a second, guys. Right now, it's one of my favorite parts of the show. This is where we get our Boston update from Boston Danny. And remember, if you have someone that you'd like to give a shout out to, maybe it's their birthday or their anniversary, or they made your workday just a little bit brighter and you'd like to recognize them for it, send me an email. My email address is Pete at PeteTheJobGuy.com. I'll take that email, give it to Boston Danny and he'll give your special someone a wicked piss a shout out like only Boston Danny can. With no further ado, let's get this week's Boston Update with Boston Danny. Hello, Jacksonville. Danny here with you know all an update. Well, you know, the weather up here has been pretty much uh, delightful. We haven't had a lot of uh, snow. We haven't had the bit of cold we normally used to except for that one snap. It's uh, been quite unusual, as we like to say it around here, and, uh, but it'll change. Hopefully it'll be uh, stay mild for us. You know, it's great work and weather. It's something that we enjoy, but, you know, we take care of it. So on the, on the, on the sports front, we have uh, the bean pot up here. It was the 70th annual men's bean pot. That's the, uh, the local tourney between the big four colleges up here, BCBU, Northeastern, and Harvard. And, Northeastern uh, beat Harvard in a shootout, which was uh, something new. They started it this year. It's uh, If there's a tie, they get into the shootout, and the winner takes it home. So congratulations to Northeastern. Usually it's one of the other uh, two, BU or BC, but it was nice to see Northeastern and Harvard uh, slugging it out up there. So uh, for the, the Red Sox, the pitches and catches reported last week. Everything's looking on track. You know, we're, we're wondering what's going to happen, but that's the beauty of baseball. Once the season starts, it's a clean slate. Uh, the Bruins cruising, doing their thing. Number number one in the league, they're just a team to beat. They've got the best record at home, best record on the road. They're um, they're doing the job well. And who can say for the Celtics? They got the same thing. They're running neck and neck with the Bruins for the best team kicking around. You know, they got a few injuries. They got a, a few questions, but everything's everything's rolling right on score. Patriots, we'll find out about them and uh, as far as that one goes. So uh, up here in Boston, you know, I tell you to come visit us all the time. We got great restaurants. We got a section called the, uh, the North End. It's the Italian end of town. A lot of historical stuff to walk around. Great walking spot. A lot of great restaurants. 
And when you get done with that, we get these pastry shops and people pretty much, you know, they, they pick a shop and they stay with it. So we got three of them. We got the Modern Pastry, we got Mike's Pastry, and we got Maria's. Everyone gets in their own camp and they do what they do when they get them. My personal favorite happens to be the Modern, but what are you gonna do? It's, uh, it's a great take in. You get yourself a cannoli, get yourself a lobster tail or something. It's uh, done up pretty well. So come on up here and check out some of the restaurants or whatever. You're going to love the North End and check out one of our pastry shops. So we do your shout outs, folks. We do your birthdays and anniversaries. Get them into the website. We put them up on the air. I'll wish you a happy birthday, just as uh, Danny from Boston can. So this week I'd like to give a wicked piss of birthday shout out. And that goes to Skip Benoit, Crystal Mayer, Scott Fitzgerald, Jennifer Jack, Von Hagen and C.J. Henley. Remember, folks, it's your day. Do it the way you know how to do it. Brothers and sisters in Jacksonville, enjoy your week. Remember to tune in to uh, Pete, the job guy. Get your get your all hard worker information. And uh, always remember your first responders, your police, your uh, firemen, and your military. You know, retired and active. Keep them in your mind. They keep they keep us in their minds at all times. All right. Have a great week, brothers and sisters. All right, guys, another gem from Boston Danny. Boston Danny is one of my friends. He's been on the show since its inception about five years ago. He's hilarious, and that whole stuff about Boston, that's for my edification. It makes me laugh. The part in it that's for you is the shout-out. So make sure if you have someone you want to give a shout-out, send me an email, pete at petethejobguy.com. If you have a topic that you'd like to see us addressed, or maybe perhaps you'd like to be a guest on the show or recommend somebody, Pete at PeteTheJobGuy.com. Matthew B. Park, Sr., Vice President of Information Technology and Security at Pace Center for Girls, was our guest today. He was phenomenal. We had Michaela Houlihan, Senior ooh, Executive ooh. Recruiter. Say hey, Michaela. What's up, Jacksonville? Well, guys, you did it. You just listened to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy and Angie, your mom. Oh my gosh, your mom.